everybody. I'm Sabrina. I'm one of the pastors here, and I learned an important lesson today. Do not wear a t-shirt dress when you're teaching because there's no place to put the battery pack. So, note to me. Um, yeah, so if you see me like adjusting my dress, it's because the battery pack is pulling me backwards. Um, yeah, it's okay to embrace the weird in life, right? And embrace the awkward moments. And, uh, and that's okay. All right, so I am a word nerd. And I don't just mean that I like conversation with people or that I like to read. Or I mean, like, I'm a word nerd. I listen to lectures on linguistics for fun. It's important to me to know where words came from and all the different things they can mean in different contexts. So yesterday, I was um, looking up some stuff about our automobile insurance because Fred and I are going to take a road trip in a couple of weeks in a rented car. And I wanted to be sure all the coverage that we needed was in place. So I'm typing the URL into my computer, and we happen to have our insurance through Liberty Mutual. This is not a plug. This is just a story. Okay. I'm not an affiliate. Um, so I'm typing Liberty Mutual, and all of a sudden, I go, you know, why is this called Liberty Mutual Insurance? What's the difference between mutual insurance and other kinds of insurance? And most of you would really not care, but it mattered to me, so I had to Google that. So I look it up, and, and it gives this description, and it says, you know, in a mutual insurance company, the policyholders, that's me, are also the shareholders. So we kind of own the company. That means we get to help direct the company and elect people to lead and make decisions and policy. And when the company does well, we benefit from it. And I thought, okay, now I know something I didn't know before. Because that's what it means in theory. In practice, what it means is I have an automatic payment set up to debit my bank account every month, right? So I don't have to think about it, ever. And I get this piece of paper in the mail once a year. That's my proxy vote for the new board of directors, or whatever. And I like go, I don't know any of these people. I don't care. And I throw it in the trash. And once in a while, I guess I get a benefit because my rates go down. Doesn't really ever happen that way. But that's what's supposed to apparently be an option. And the other thing is that if I have a problem, I file a claim, right? That's it. Okay. Church. Church is like a mutual insurance company. Did you know that? It's supposed to be a mutual ministry, and that might be a term that you've heard before. It might be a term that you've never heard before. A mutual ministry. But even if you've heard that term before, I'm not sure that you've done anything more with that than what I do with my mutual insurance company, right? Automatic payment set up. You know, you, 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 there's stuff, you put stuff into it, you do stuff sometimes, you give, you volunteer, whatever. Okay, automatic payment, but you don't give it a lot of thought. This is not a bad thing, guys. We will take your automatic payment. That's not a problem. But there's more. Um, let's see. Oh, the, the, the paper that comes in the mail to elect the next directors. You assume that the pastoral team, the vision team, somebody's, Melanie, is probably doing those things, and it's fine. So you wad it up and throw it in the trash. That's okay. It's nice to trust people that are trustworthy, like Melanie. Um, <clears throat> you reap benefits occasionally. There can be teaching from up front that's helpful. There can be community that provides friendships and relationships and good conversation and meals together. All of these things are good things, right? And if you need to file a claim because something bad happens in life, you know where to come and do that. You can make a phone call. You can send an email. You can text and say, help. Somebody's in the hospital. We're moving. We've had a financial disaster. I'm really, really depressed. Can somebody talk to me? It's all good, you guys. It's not bad to participate in church in the way that I participate in my insurance company. 
but that's mutual ministry that is meh. It's not bad, it's just meh. What does thriving mutual ministry look like? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. All right. <clears throat> um, a couple of weeks ago, the week that Keith shared the video of Mandy Smith with us, he said something right before that message that just grabbed me. He said that he realized he was going to share somebody else's message with us that morning. And he said, because I realized that it's not actually my job to teach. It's my job to help us learn. And I don't know if that grabbed any of the rest of you, but it has been like rolling and rolling and rolling in my mind and in my spirit for weeks. And as I was working on this message about the mutual ministry that God designed to take place in the body of Christ, that's the phrase that kept coming back. Every one of us is responsible for helping the rest of us learn. Sit with that for a second. To learn about who we are, to learn about who Jesus is, and to learn about how to live in light of that understanding. Every one of us is called by God to help all the rest of us learn what that looks like. Now, sometimes it can be really intimidating because you don't know how you learn best, right? In education, there's this whole thing about learning styles. And there are three very basic ones that everyone sort of agrees on. There are auditory learners, there are visual spatial learners, and there are kinesthetic learners. But there's also a zillion different. There's people who learn better socially. There's people who learn better in isolation. There's people who learn using creativity. There's people who need to be grounded to nature. There's so many different ways that human beings learn. And that's got to tell you something right there about the desperate need for diversity in how we help one another learn what the kingdom of God looks like. What's going to be meaningful to my visual spatial wired husband over here who's great at chess, who sees how things fit together, who can do mechanical things, who remembers numbers? Like, what's that about? I'm a word nerd, right? The way he learns best is never going to be the way I learn best. And I can learn in other ways. But there's a best way for each of us to learn that's unique to our personality, to our background, all of it. So if you don't even know how you learn best, it can be very easy to be like, I got nothing to offer. I don't even know how I'm supposed to be learning about Jesus. Like, I don't even know how to learn to be a better Christian, and I'm supposed to teach somebody else? I don't think so. All right, well, let's take that word teach out of the equation altogether. I don't want you to teach me, and I don't want to teach you. I want to help you learn, and I want you to help me learn. Wouldn't that be cool if we all just helped each other learn? more about the kingdom of God? All right, there is an amazing scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. Can we have that first slide? Here we go. This is from the message paraphrase, and boy, if you read this in the NIV, it's like good, but it feels like your brain has to work hard, and once your brain works really hard, it gets to this, but I figure we could just let Eugene Peterson's brain do the hard work for us and just get to this, which is the meat of it. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit, God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the spirit, 
and to all kinds of people. Oh, man, I like that. Hit that second slide, if you would. Look at the pink. Gifts, ministries, and expressions of power. That expressions of power phrase, it makes a lot of us kind of go, I don't know about all that. If you're from a Pentecostal or charismatic background, like I am, then you've seen various things that look more like what sounds like expressions of power at work in the church today. And that's a message for another Sunday altogether. It's an important one that we'll probably have to touch on one of these days. But um, for today, I'm going to kind of just set that one aside and we're going to focus on gifts and ministries, although the expressions of power are most definitely there. Um, If we're talking about a bunch of us helping one another learn, then we need to recognize the importance of learning both about Jesus and about ourselves. Because it takes two of us to be in relationship, right? If I learn a ton about Jesus, which is what I did for probably the first 30 years of my life, but I don't know who Sabrina is, I'm not going to be very effective in having a relationship with him. It's not that I'm equally important because Jesus is the center. That, that's what holds everything together. But he created me, and he created me to be in relationship with him. I need to learn about myself, too. Now, most of us have had a friend at some point in life, and we felt close enough to that person that we could share things that helped them in their own awareness of what was working well in their lives, of what was not working well. We were able to be a good sounding board for them. We weren't necessarily offering advice or teaching them how to live, but we helped them learn things about themselves that were helpful. And in that same way, we as followers of Jesus can help one another by being sounding boards, by offering a little bit of reflection, by offering a little bit of pushback in a loving and respectful way. The simple act of being in relationship with one another and helping each one become more aware of their own stuff, because we all got stuff, that helps us grow as disciples of Jesus. So even if you are someone who says, I do not know enough about Jesus myself to have anything to offer to anybody else, that's okay. You still have a role in helping the rest of us learn, because we need you to be our friend. We need you to be involved in our lives, and we need you to help us learn about ourselves as we learn more about Jesus. There is a place for everyone at every stage of the journey to mutually minister to one another within the body of Christ. We're going to get practical. Expressions of power, yeah, we're going to leave to the side. That's healing the sick, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, miraculous acts. Anybody do a lot of those this week? Yeah, me neither. Um, prophesying either what is now or what is to come, casting out evil spirits. Okay, so that's a whole other Sunday, and we'll just set those aside for the moment. But gifts, let's do a little whiteboard work here. All right, so if we're talking gifts, we're talking about simple things like discernment. I'm married to someone with really good discernment. I, super trusting, meet people, assume the best, Fred will say, I have a funky feeling about this. Well, he doesn't say funky, that's my word. He'll say, I have a feeling about this. Something's not right here. Invariably, the man is spot on when he says that. It's not that he's negative and cynical and slams everybody. 
It's that if he senses something is off, he's right. And he has protected me so many times with that discernment that I simply don't have that gift. Trust. We can all choose to trust. We all grow in trust. But you know how there are some people who just seem to have a gift for trusting God? They just seem to have this quiet, confident peace when things are going on, and it's contagious. And when you sit with them and talk about something that's going on that you're stressed about, you feel like you get to borrow a little bit of their trust in God. Some people are gifted with simple trust. Prayer, prayer for others. We're all called to pray. There's so many different kinds of prayer, but in particular, praying for other people. You all know that there are some people that you want to pray for you when you're going through a really hard time because they do it very, very well. And you can't even put your finger on what that means. You just know they do it well. And you're drawn to them. These are gifts. Hospitality. We are all called to be hospitable. But some of us are way better at it than others of us. Some people just make you feel at home when you're in their presence. Whether it's their home or out someplace. They are welcoming. Music. Art. These are gifts. Now, music and art get ignored sometimes scripturally. I mean, we make a place for music in our worship services, which is awesome. We should continue doing that. Um, creative arts, though, that's not left out of what we're actually told in scripture. You know, all the way back in Exodus, we're told about two guys who were filled with the Spirit of God, and it gave them wisdom and skill in how to work with woodworking and metalworking and setting of gemstones and the dyeing and weaving of textiles and fabrics. Being artsy-fartsy is a gift from God, and it does something. The use of those creative gifts does something to help all of us learn. If you've ever looked at artwork that was done by someone who loves Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. It moves you. It makes you think big things. It makes you ask good questions. Art moves us, and it's a gift from God. Gifts. So these are the gifts. There are others, but these are kind of like the major categories that we read about in Scripture. So now we got ministries. The church has done a sad thing with the word ministries because it's kind of become like an institutional organizational word, you know? Oh, that church has a ministry to the homeless. Or that church has a ministry, um, you know, great kids ministry or whatever. But it sounds like a division, a department within the church, right? And there's probably a ministry director in a larger church, a ministry director for that area of ministry. But to minister to one another is just to do good stuff in each other's lives, to be involved, to have your hands in it somewhere, to be serving, helping, encouraging, facilitating, anything, to be involved is really what ministry is about. It is not any kind of formalized thing. You don't have to have permission from the vision team to have a ministry at Life Path because you're a minister. You just are. So what you're doing is ministry. But there are some that are well-known, very churchy things. Preaching, teaching, leading, Okay, these are the big ones that we tend to think about the ministers, right? In fact, there are even denominations that use the specific title, this is our minister, as re referring to the person who is paid and their full-time work is leading teaching in that church. So that idea of a formal leadership 
falls in there. But there's also a whole lot of other stuff that is way less formal, like giving. Do you know when you dump change in the microchange jar back there, you're ministering. You're not just donating, you're not just contributing. You're ministering. Uh, working with the disadvantaged, which is a lot to write on a whiteboard. Disadvantaged, work with, yeah, whatever. You get the idea. Um, helping, and my very favorite, encouraging. Do you know that saying an encouraging word is a ministry? And it's ministry that was set up by God to be just as important as preaching, just as important as leading or praying, is encouraging. Maybe you don't know that those things all are laid out in Scripture as being things ordained by God for us to do, to minister to one another. Maybe you know it, but you're not sure which one you're wired for. Maybe you haven't tried something specific. You're kind of a, um, I show up, I care. My name's on a volunteer list somewhere, so they'll call me if they need something. So I'm there, right? Because you're not sure where to try something. I'm gonna encourage you this morning, pick one and try. Pick one and try. The worst thing that can happen, yeah, there isn't. There is nothing that can go wrong with you saying, I'm just going to try. If nobody's ever invited you to try praying for somebody else when they're having a hard time, but if there's a little part of you that wants to, somebody comes and talks to you and you're a good listener. You know that about yourself. But you're afraid to give advice, so you don't want to say too much. Then I'm inviting you right now to try just saying an encouraging word to that person. Don't bite your tongue. Don't hold it back. Tell them, you know what? You're going to be okay. You're going to do this. You are not alone. I want you to know that I see you and what you're going through is hard. These are words that encourage people. And you don't have to be afraid to say them. If nobody's invited you to try to lean into a ministry of encouragement in your daily life, you have now been invited officially. Um, these things are active. They're not, I show up. They're not even, I told them they could put my name on the list to call if somebody needs something. These are active and intentional things. They're also incredibly diverse. Okay? Not every one of you has any business playing the drums. I would be one of those people. <laughs> to be as musical as I am, I have no sense of rhythm. So keep me away from the drums. I get it. It's okay to know your limitations, too, but there is something here, some specific application that is yours. And you guys, my life is being diminished if you're not trying to help me learn with what you're wired for. That's not a guilt thing. That's an empower thing. You could be helping me learn about the kingdom of God if you decided to try something that you haven't tried before because you want to help all of us learn more. In the last week, 
Here's a list of recent, recent examples, last week and a half maybe, of things that were people operating in mutual ministry, okay? Pam Connolly had a conversation with me about how an elderly relative in her family had to have an estate handled, and I'm going through that with my elderly aunt right now. And she gave me practical help, and she also just encouraged me. It's okay. Lori and Elisa, I reached out to both of them, Lori Kellogg and Elisa Cottrell. I reached out to them because they're people that I know pray with listening ears really well. And I wanted them to help me listen about some stuff. I wanted to get a little better sense of what God's up to. So I reached out to a couple people that I know do that, and they said yes. Fred's been doing plumbing. Do you know that plumbing is a ministry? Try living without plumbing for a few days, and you will know that you would feel ministered to if somebody would help with your plumbing. Jess, last week, you're going to think that I say music because she led worship last week, and it was awesome. And that's true, but what Jess did last week that really ministered to me is she noticed my nail polish. And the reason that it mattered is because months and months ago she heard me say, you can tell how I'm actually doing if you look at my manicure. Because if you see me two weeks in a row with no nail polish, I'm not doing well no matter what I tell you. So she came up and she said, hey sister, how you doing? And I said, pretty good. And she looked down and said, well your nails are done so I believe you. Do you know how loved that made me feel? Do you know how seen that made me feel? We don't always want to be looked at, but we all want to be seen, don't we? Uh, Joan, Family Promise Group Me, just kept blowing up with all the information that I needed, with all the communication and all the coordination for our Family Promise Week. Melanie stayed for an extra 15 minutes after an already very long Sunday because she wanted to give me space to talk through the legal stuff that I've been trying to work out with my son. And it was really just a listening ear and an I care look on her face. Bethany fed me tacos. Cammie invited me to her house to pray with me. Rob gave Fred and me tech help that we needed. Soraya gave me kitten therapy. I'm not kidding. It's such good therapy, you guys, if you're a cat person. If you're not, stay away from the kittens. Uh, Kim gave me wise counsel about a really huge, messy problem. Dwayne shared a story about himself that gave us a level of connection that we'd never had before. Adam replaced a cord in the middle of music last week and got rid of the static thing that was like making my teeth itch. Uh, Bill and Henry set up everything for the baptisms and the brunch last week. Amy shared a story with me that reminded me of ground that I've covered in the past that I don't often thank God for and celebrate, and I should. That's a lot of different things, and that's the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole bunch that I forgot, and if you did something awesome for me, thank you. Sorry I didn't make it onto the list with that, but these are the things that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about wireless microphones or drums. I'm talking about encouragement. I'm talking about stopping to pray with somebody. I'm talking about trying something. Look one more. <clears throat> that yellow is the point, you guys. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. At one glance, that sounds high, lofty, and intimidating. I'm supposed to show Eric who God is? I don't know that I'm up to the challenge. However, I can show him what the Sabrina-sized sliver of God looks like. And then Rob can show him what the Rob sliver looks like. And Melanie can show him what the Melanie sliver looks like. And by the time all those slivers are put together, that's a lot of God being shown to Eric. 
that's probably going to help him learn. Isn't that cool? In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, again in the message, it says, each one of you be prepared with something that will be useful for everyone else. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer. Tell a story. I can't lean into that one enough with everybody. I need to hear your stories. I need to hear what God's doing in your life because that's going to show me something about who God is that I'm never going to see in my life because he's not going to do the exact same thing in my life. I need to hear your stories. 